This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, Jesse. It's Chris from Durban, South Africa. Congratulations on reaching a thousand episodes of your podcast. Um, It's been a delight to listen to many of the podcasts. I can't say I've listened to all of them, but I try and listen to as many as I can. And it's been an honor to be a guest on several of the podcasts. Uh, Looking forward to the next thousand. Cheers. And I would also point out that right off the bat, sing-along songs right uh no surrender we're pumping our fists with ghosts we're singing i'm alive i'm alive and with prove it all night you know there's sing-along section that so he's already got us involved so then we go to the next three songs that first thing we know he's sent a message so what's the next thing oh i was also going to mention tell him what you are going to do tell him what you did in expository writing you have your introduction and it ends with a thesis statement. I think he's given us his thesis statement, which is we are dealing with our mortality, but we are going to be defiant in the face of it tonight. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and what has quickly become a regular feature in Set Lusting Bruce, which I am loving, award-winning writer, director, producer, and frequent Set Lusting Bruce guest, Craig Colby is back. Craig, welcome back to the show. I'm happy to be on the frequent flyer of Bruce Lusting Miles. That is nice. Yes. So originally we were going to have you come on. I was because I bought after the last time we talked, I I bought the Kindle version of your book, ripped through it and loved it. I loved your book so much. 
and in fact, I, the premise is by, you've told the story of your life by showing the different caps you've collected over the years. And that's an oversimplification. Yeah, I told stories from my life. Yeah. No, pretty and, good. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny. It was touching. I shed a few tears and I really loved it. And then you threw a curve and posted an amazing post, post an amazing post, that's redundant, of on Spring Nuts, because someone was talking about the new set list and the static set list, which I do not like that word. And you said, all right, I'm going to give you what I think Bruce is trying to tell us. And so we switch gears. So I'm still going to have you on talking about the book sometime because I adored the book. But I think this time we're going to give your thoughts on your interpretation of what the story is. And to start, as if you were my expert witness in court, I want you to give my audience your credentials. If that does not sound overly egotistical. No, I think it helps to establish my credibility when it comes to sniffing out what a story is. I'm a television producer, director, and writer. One of my jobs, I've worked in factual television my whole career. One of my jobs is to find all the facts and bits and pieces and find out what the story is. I have a degree in English literature that helps with that as well. And as you mentioned, I'm the author of my own book. I live in story every day. Finding out what it is, finding out what the message is, all of those things. So after the Detroit show in Spring Nut, somebody said, look, I just want, everyone says Bruce is telling a story. Can someone tell me what the story is? So at 7.30 in the morning or something like that, I thumb typed out just a sketch of, look, this is what I think he's saying from, from what I've seen. And I think it's pretty accurate. So I gave a very short synopsis of what I've seen, and a lot of people responded to it. So many people responded to the comment I made that I made it its own post, and there was a lot of reaction. You have generously asked me to come on and talk about that today since it seems to be a hot topic and some people have some questions about it. So I thought we would go through the Buffalo show, the first show that I went to, which I think seems pretty typical. Most of the shows are pretty typical right now. What we're seeing and go through it and sniff out the story that I think Bruce is telling us. So I think that is perfect. Let's go through that. And then we'll go through your theory on, it looks like he's doing two wild cards, a show. Yeah. Right. That yeah. is just Basically. for fun. Yeah. So let's do this. Okay. Yeah. And I picked Buffalo because it had two wild cards rather than Detroit, which had one. And we'll talk about the wild cards. And one of the Buffalo ones was a typical wild card and the Detroit one wasn't. So I thought we'd talk about Buffalo since it has the typical ones. All right. So we're sitting Let's start here. right at the beginning. Yeah, I was going to say we're sitting here. The lights go down. The band members start coming up. We're all going crazy. Take it away, Craig. So just to preface this, I looked at two elements of the songs. Themes and then the idea. And the themes are general things that are addressed in the 
song. And then an idea, I tried to summarize the song in one sentence. And then we're going to stack those up. So he comes out with No Surrender, which is about friendship and aging. Mark Cunningham pointed out it's about friendship. And the idea of that song is we're getting older, but we're not going to give in. We're going to continue to persevere. I think he's making a big statement right off the bat. He's 73 years old. We've been through a pandemic. We've persevered. No surrender. We are here tonight and we're going to give her. I know that Kathy Shudy said she thinks about the Ukraine. I think that's a stretch. If you have an interpretation that works for you and that's what you're getting from it, then you're not wrong. Anybody in art will tell you that, or almost anyone, that whatever you take of it is value. But I think he's saying we're here to bring it tonight. The yeah. second song is Ghosts. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that when in 2015, when I was 2017, when I was diagnosed with colon cancer, no retreat, no surrender was what I did. Every tagline on any social media or any post I did. And in fact, a friend of mine who was not a Bruce fan brought me this B grade karate movie that is called that and said I don't know why you keep quoting this film but <laughs> I brought you a copy yes I do think that it is as many songs you can what it says to you may be different than what it might say to someone else but yeah I agree yeah for me we're bringing it tonight right off the bat right all of us second song no mistake is ghosts which is about friendship and death, right? And I put as an idea for that song, after death, you live on in my love, right? So right off the bat, it's, we're here, we're giving her, we're facing death, right? And then the third song is Prove It All Night, which is about desire. It's also about connection. And it's, I will prove my love for you all night. So if you stack up the themes, you've got friendship, aging, death, and connection. All of the things that are going to happen in this show, right? These are the things we're going to address. Our mortality, which is out there, and our friendship is here, and our connection is here. If you stack up the ideas from these first three songs, it's we're not we're getting older, but we're not giving in. After death, you live on in my love, and I'll prove my love for you all night long, right? So for me, that is the start of the show is we are here, we're gonna give her, we're dealing with our mortality, with our lives, but we're gonna bring this all night long. To me, that threesome off the bat is very clear. It is defiance, celebration in the face of mortality. One of the things, Craig, that this is an oversimplification, but I remember when I first started speaking to people for work, or um, mostly for work, is the uh, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them what you told them. And that, yeah, that's, he does that. Yeah, exactly. So this is your preface, your introduction in three songs. Also, I like the idea that it's from three different eras of his music from the beginning. He's setting a tone. He's telling us what I'm going to tell you. And by the way, I'm pulling from my whole catalog. Yeah, well, 
talk about that too, but he's definitely, it's not just, you know, here is the sermon. He's putting on a show. And if Bruce has shown us one thing, it's that he operates on a lot of, a lot of different levels. And I would also point out that right off the bat, they're sing-along songs, right? Uh, no surrender, we're pumping our fists. With ghosts, we're singing, I'm alive, I'm alive. And with Prove It All Night, you know, there's a sing-along section there. So he's already got us involved. So then we go to the next three songs. That first thing we know he's sent a message. So what's the next thing? Oh, I was also going to mention tell them what you are going to do, tell them what you did. In expository writing, you have your introduction and it ends with a thesis statement. I think he's given us his thesis statement, which is we are dealing with our mortality, but we are going to be defiant in the face of it tonight. Tonight, we're going to prove it all night. So this next one is Letter to You. It's a song about connection. It's connection to us, right? And I said the idea was my music is my connection to you. The next song is The Promised Land, which is about faith and defiance. And the idea is despite hardship, achieve an ideal. And then out in the street, which is celebration and fun. And it's right there. The idea is tonight, you're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. And I would say the promised land he's talking about in this case is the concert, right? I am connected to you. We are in our promised land. This is where we live our ideal. and tonight we're going to have a good time give me that's what the next three songs say okay good hey pantheon listeners christian swain here you caught me just finishing up some editing on getting real with john and beth i want to share my first experience with factor meals for you i think you'll find this interesting because i bet the same thing happens to you I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. 
folks. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Does that sound about right to you? Yeah, Jason? no, that that sounds very good. Um, I, I I didn't want to just repeat what you said. So I yeah, I agree with you. And I once again, different times of his life, different things. And you I also picture, and I've been lucky enough to go to three shows. It you're the the energy and the it's like when you have a car stuck and when you're manually pushing it you're getting momentum moving and i think six songs mm. into this the momentum is starting to roll yes and again audience participation songs right the promised land we're all blown away blow away we're all singing that together out in the street we're oh oh and oh like we are part of the show at this point right we are all connected us in a show about connection that is at least part of the connection, he has connected us already. We're already into it. And he doesn't give us a chance to breathe. Like it's song after song, it's body shot. Max has no rest. It's just going, we are proving it all night. So six songs in to quote Rihanna from Shut Up and Drive. You keep saying that you would, you will. I wish you would. And now I think at this point has we're into it right i think we're past the message and i think we're doing the show and that's we're into candy's room which is if you're looking at the theme it's desire and longing and the idea would be a woman can can have anyone wants me now tammy mir aronson and lucia bloshak bloshak i pronounce that right they took me to task in candy's room i don't have an answer for this one i don't know why it's here it could be i'm just throwing a guess out there the song is about what they what you want, what we want there is Bruce. I don't feel very confident in that answer. I just think it's a great song for a concert and whatever reason Bruce has for playing it, it works. I, I don't necessarily think it's on theme. And then we're also okay. into Kitty's Back. Forget about what the theme is. Forget about the messages. This song is about the horn section. 
right? This song is about showing off that awesome horn section with a great song, swings like crazy, and everybody has a great time to it. There's some, we sing along. To me, that song is just about having a good time. And then we get into Night Shift, which is a couple things. So I'm going to go back just, album. Go ahead, go just ahead. for a go back. I really agree with the guys from None What the Brave. And they are the first person I've heard say this, so I'm sure it's not original, is Kitty's Back gives him a break. <laughs> that for that period, he doesn't have to play guitar. He doesn't necessarily have to sing. He gets to take a few minutes break, and it, and I don't know if that's deliberate, but I think that's not a bad theory because he is up on the he and Max, right? Like he's there, so they're all there. But I think that's an interesting thing. I know that I've been very vocal. Kitty's back is not one of my favorite songs. After seeing it live, I adore this song live. It was the song I was looking forward to hearing the most. Since he's added a big horn section, I've always wanted to hear him play that. I just, I love it. Lyrically, it's not really about all that much, but it just sounds so great. So, yeah, I love it. And it, to me, it's a highlight of the show. And again, really shows off everyone in the band. Yeah. Then we get to Night Shift. A couple of things there. Yeah, he's selling a new album right? That's never not in there. It is about mortality and reverence, and it's remembering lost and inspiring musicians. So thematically, it fits right in there. They've lost members of the band. He's a tribute to someone. Maybe he thinks that he'll be remembered this way, which of course he, but I think it's on theme. I think mostly it's there because it's a new album and he loves singing it and everybody loves that song. And now we are into the wild card spot, right? For but the Buffalo show, we played Trapped. And Melissa Sander Webster commented that she thought Trapped could be about the pandemic, right? We all felt trapped. That could be, certainly would be fit in thematically not something he plays every night, but certainly something we can all relate to. <laughs> I said to my brother at one point during the concert, I said, I was a, this was a theme song towards the end of one of my relationships. And he said, I think a lot of people can relate to this song. So for whatever reason it's in there, it hits thematically. It relates to the time we've been through. Also, it's a great sing-along. So it works on that thing too. It's not every night, whatever's in the wild card. Bland was for New York City. Whatever's in there is in there. And then we got I'm on fire in Buffalo. I'm not looking for any connections there. It sounded great. We all loved it. It was a drop in energy. I don't know why I did that, but it worked. Yeah. And at this point, we're still in the we're going to have a good time portion of the show. E Street Shuffle. Again, I think it's about the horn section that machine you're going to drive it right we really want to hear that stuff out there and again as you said it's touching different eras in his career nothing else really sounds like that he gets to conduct the band like really conduct it well that's fun and again johnny 99 great big sing-along we're all making the train noise it brings the band out 
All of that, I believe, is yeah, tonight we're going to have a good time. Yeah, I agree. Now we're into a big storytelling thing where you're creating and releasing tension all the time. That's what storytelling is. If you watch Jaws, you'll notice that the lighthearted moments are, are followed almost immediately by incredibly intense moments. That's one of the reasons that movie works so well. So we've gone through this high energy, feel good, sing along, every boom, he brings it down. And if you weren't aware of the theme of mortality before, it's unmistakable now, right? He doesn't hint at it, he tells you, right? We're into last man standing, talks about George Thies, talks about his relationship. He plays this beautiful acoustic song about death and grief. The idea is all my old bandmates are gone except for me. And that leads into Backstreets, which in the past, talking about betrayal, and he turns it into a song about loss. They're both the same thing, right? It's yeah. a big song about loss. It's the theme of that is, I miss you. Yes. So full on mortality. You know, no question about that. There's no subtlety there. It, but I think especially from being so up and dynamic and bringing it down to this, I think it really hits home for a lot of people. And I know it did for me. You've read my book. You know why. That really hit me hard, especially in Backstreets when he said, I've got these things of yours, but the rest I'll keep right here. I had a tear rolling down my face and I felt, I, I felt what he felt. And I think for the people in his audience, we're all old enough to have lost people for the most part, the bulk of the audience. I think that really hits home with people. I think so too, Craig. And one of the things I have seen over and over again, even people who are not sensing a bigger theme, I've seen a lot of people saying that one-two punch, the last man standing backstreets is something significant. That is this one-two combination, this, oh my goodness, what a great... So yeah, I feel that as well, too. And and a song that has always been loved, Backstreets, to have it that new twist because of this combo is pretty ingenious on his part. Yeah. For people, for someone who's listened to that song so many times, it was really interesting. I was moved, but I was also piqued by it. Yeah. But where he goes after that is pretty interesting, too. Goes into Because the Night, which is about desire and immediacy. The night belongs to lovers. The night belongs to us. Right back, we're into embrace the now. This, we've lost people. We miss them. But this night belongs to us. Right? We're back into the moment of it. And then in She's the One, themes are desire and intimacy. She fills my life, my soul, like no one else can. I don't know if this is on theme. It's just a great uh, concert song. It's certainly, if it's because the night is embrace the now, she's the one is embrace love. That is a message that's coming across in all of us too. I think 
I might be stretching more on that one, but I feel pretty confident that's part of what's coming across. I agree. And then we're into, yeah, then we're into the knockout punch of the show for me. The three song closing message, Wrecking Ball, The Rising, and Badlands. And the Wrecking Ball is about death and defiance. Rising is about death and transcendence. And Badlands is about like oppression and defiance. And if you look at the, the, if you stack up the ideas, all it's the end may be near, but I won't make it easy. And the rising is I will rise above the struggle of life and death. And Badlands is I'm going to enjoy my life despite the struggle. So you put those together. The end may be near, but I won't make it easy. I will rise above the struggles of life and death. And I'm going to enjoy my life despite the struggles. And I really felt that, especially the creating and releasing tension once we've been excited and then we've been moved and then we've been inspired because that we were, because the night we're, we're, we're celebrating love and now we're into bad times come and hard times come and go on, hard times come and hard times go. I felt that. And then I felt the rising. And then Badlands is my favorite song of his. And that's the one that made me a fan. When I heard that song for the first time, I thought, this is how I feel about my, that's core to my ideals. And to me, that's when he's hammering the message home. Like we are going to face hard times and death and you have to embrace your life in the face of all of these things. To me, that story is, unmistakable. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. So I'm sitting here with my editor's hat on, which I don't do. Would you change, would you put Land of Hope and Dreams after Badlands? To No? So see, I'm over editing, right? I'm thinking just that, that fourth thing to push the point across. You think that triple play right there gets the point across the right way. I think it totally gets the point across the right way. And just a couple other things uh, from notes that people made on the comments. Brian Kingsbury said he thought the wrecking ball was just about death. It is, but I think bring on your wrecking ball, take your best shot. Let me see what you've got. That's pretty clear in there. And Amy Klein Blaker says she can only see the rising as 9-11 9-11 firefighter song and that imagery is all over it for sure when bruce has talked about it he has been very clear that what he wants people what he sees in it is that rising that transcendence of, of getting above things all of those things uh are there yeah i think land yeah, of hope I- and dreams is not my favorite bruce song but i think ending with badlands especially when he's coming out the way he's coming out the way yeah. that show is structured it's a powerful emotional show, but it's not a sentimental show. It yeah. is, I'm 73, I'm gonna rip my shirt open, man. Like, it, it is a, I heard little Stephen read something off Twitter that it's mortality and vitality. That's the vitality. I think that's what he wants to see. Live your life, not we're going to pass on somewhere together. Live your life the best, the most you can. Enjoy it all you can. I think that's what he's pushing. I think so too, Craig. And one of the things that 
if you think about it, the rising has been used during the the democratic political convention that was a virtual one. They used the rising multiple times. That song, I'm sentimental. That's the I've seen Bruce 19 times. I've heard the rising every show. That is the only song that I've hit every 19th show, all 19 shows. I find a lot of it has transcended more than 9-11 to me. It is mm-hmm. truly about that rise up. And then with Land of Hope and Dreams, I often go hold on to your anger, but don't fall to your fears, I think is such strong advice of because it's easy to be that righteous anger, but not go to your worst fears. Yeah, it is. And then when you go on, right, and Badlands, you're right. That is just a, that is a three of a kind, really solid. Yeah, it's a power message too, right? Yeah. Like it is not an envelope slipped under your door. It is somebody knocking on your door and yelling for you to come out. Exactly. So that's why when we've seen, he has put in Man of Hopes and Dream, it's in the encore. Now, Brian Reese thinks the encore reinforces the themes. I don't, I think some of the songs do naturally. I think the encore is the encore. I think it's greatest hits until the last two songs. And to me, again, like it was earlier, the encore is living out the ideals in the trifecta that ends the main set. So Thunder Road, Born to Run, Rosalita, Glory Days, Dancing in the Dark. Like those are the big hits. And uh, the, in Detroit, I went with uh, a friend I, of mine for 40 years, Karen. She'd never seen Bruce Springsteen. She's not as familiar with the catalog. Her question about two thirds of the way through is, are we gonna hear dancing with the dancing in the dark? So it's making you know that group happy too. And you know, who doesn't want to hear that? And then he the Avenue Freeze Out, which again is about the band. And I'll see you in my dreams where he comes back to the message he's trying to tell us. And he says it right there. Enjoy every minute of your life. And I think by ending with that, a lot of people are saying, oh, he's telling us the last tour. Bruce has said he'll go as long as he can. But if this is it, I will see you in the beyond. And I've appreciated our connection. That's what I get out of it. And At this point, I think it's very clear that he's put a lot of thought into what this show is. Lori Clark said that even opening the shirt is meaningful. And it is. It goes back to those. He's ripping his shirt off. He's defiant. I am going to be physical. I'm going to be here. I'm bringing it, right? I'm bringing my power and my sexuality. And it's all, I am still Bruce Springsteen. And it's another act of defiance in the face of morality. As you said earlier, and Shelley Grange said, she said, it's, it's careful to use songs from each era. It's a good point. It's a broad reaching show, not just a message show. It's very inclusive. It's very connective. So he's doing a bunch of things at once. And now, is there anything you want to get before we get to the last part here, Jesse? So the only thing I wanted to cover a little bit is I had shared with you this via messenger that I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma this summer and at the Woody Guthrie Museum, 
there was Springsteen Live. It's a traveling exhibit from Monmouth. And one of there was a kiosk where it showed every decade Bruce has toured. And then if you picked a decade, it showed you five different shows. You picked a show and then it gave you how many slots. They showed you the set list and then showed you how many encore slots there were. And then you gave, you picked and then it graded you on how close you were to what he actually did. But there was a, there was a video of him with a guitar explaining that as he builds an encore that he talks about the chords and how they're going from one to another that he is streaming together an experience and i was saying i expand that to the whole show where he is expanding this into every song is in the place he wants it to be every song is hitting the tone and the the energy he wants to spend i think the band has bought into telling the story I saw someone post that that they're they seem to be a he didn't want to put rigid, but the band really knows their part and there's a little more formal than normal. I think I would argue that Broadway taught Bruce maybe that he likes telling a more rigid story than he thought he would versus when he was touring before that this is something he wants. And then this is an oversimplification, but you, I've given you a healthy, well-balanced meal, and now the encore is dessert. Let's have fun. And now then, before I send you home, I'm going to give you one last, I don't know, you've got boys, so I don't know if you're ever involved with Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts or something, but often during the meeting, they'll end the pack meeting with a specific story i want you to leave thinking of this thought same thing in church services or business meetings and i think it's like a nutritious meal let's have dessert and now then before you go one last reminder life is fragile life is fleeting be good be kind and let's do this together yeah he says live every moment of your life he's I think at this point we have to talk about the people who are complaining about the set list. Please do. Yes. Because I think this walks into what this experience is. I understand that for a lot of Springsteen fans, part of the fun for them is seeing how many different songs they can hear. They're almost like birders. I used to produce a bird watching column and there are birders who keep lists of birds they've seen, birds they've dreamed about, some one person even kept a list of birds he's eaten. <laughs> I know that's part of the experience for some people. They liked filling their lists. Mike Corbett said he liked looking for deep cuts. He's out there for none but the brave that deep. And they, of course, they have the right to their opinion. No one is devaluing their opinion. If that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But I don't think this show was going to be, I want what I want when I want it. It's not skip the dishes. So much of this show was about our connection with Bruce. He's telling us his story. He's sending us a very personal message, something he really wants to share with us. And I think he wants to share it with as many people as possible. I think it's more important than I want to hear Bobby Jean or Secret Garden. 
we've got all those things. It's a final gift. We're here tonight. I've built this show for us to connect together. It's been a lot of sing-along. We've talked about the problems that we're going to face. I've encouraged you to be through my music, through our connection, to fight against those things for happiness and enjoy every moment of your life. And he doesn't say it this way, but he might as well have. Enjoy every moment of your life the way you have enjoyed tonight. And that's a gift. I think the people who are worried about the set list anymore are missing the point. And quite frankly, I'm very gratifying to see people say I was worried about the set list before, but now that I've seen it and I've felt it, I'm not worried about that anymore. That's what Michael Corbett, that's what Mike Corbett said, right? Yeah. I felt it now. And so just to go through all of these things, these ideas that he's given, like it resonated with me big time because those ideas that he said, they're basically the same ideas that I wrote about in my book and not that I'm copied from Springsteen, but it, those similar values that were there. And I think one of the things that unites us all as Springsteen fans is that we do have those similar values. When I met him at the book signing, I met a bunch of Bruce Springsteen fans there who I'm now friends with. And what I discovered that day is that the thing we do have in common is those values and that need or understanding of the importance of that connection. So I think if you don't run through all these ideas and string them together the way that I did, I'm trained for this and built for this. If you don't think it, you're gonna feel it. You're going to feel it. And I think that's what this show is about is really going and feeling it together. I was going to exactly say that same thing when he did VH1 Storytellers right after Devils and Dust, he did that for a couple of songs. And he said, was I thinking about this consciously when I wrote it? Maybe. Was it, but was I feeling it? Absolutely. So I do think that is some of this where there is a vision. I do, I have agree with you. I've seen people posting that now that I've gotten it, I enjoyed a little more. And I love how you called it like bird watchers. It, the idea, I get that, that if that's your deal, I'm getting, there are people that go to comic book conventions, sci-fi conventions, that they're all about getting an autograph or getting a picture with a celebrity and then, and I always try to urge them that f one, focus on what you're doing and don't worry about what you're missing. And two, enjoy sometimes just being in a panel, hearing someone speak can be incredibly entertaining. Or I, some of my best times, I was at the bar, I was tired, I got a Diet Coke. I spent 20 minutes talking to the bartender who sees everyone come and go with the convention. And we had an amazing discussion. And I would have missed that if I had been rushing. So I guess what I'm saying is sometimes you have to go in there with your mind a little bit wide open that this 
is a different experience. And I go back to that was then, this is now. In the past, he was doing more, maybe a wide open and hey, let's pick it up the signs and doing fun. And I'm very vocal. I was in Houston. There was a sign request for One Step Up. I remember him going, we do not know this song. You have made your bed, sir. And the band played it. And it was amazing. But that was, that's like trying to say, if you love The Godfather, can you like Caddyshack? Yes, because they're separate things. <laughs> yeah. And to me, it's very similar to uh, On the Devils and Dust tour. Yeah. It's pretty clear what that tour was. At the show I was at in Toronto, there was one guy walking around to different spots in the arena, clearly trying to make it sound like he was a bunch of people yelling, hey, Jungle Land, play Born to Run. And Bruce told him to be quiet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he didn't use those words, but we all cheered because yeah. that's not what this is, right? Yes. He's doing his show, not our show. And quite frankly, I want him to do his show, not your show. Like he's the artist. He's the yeah. he's the one we pay the money to see, and he's the one who's been the his work has been the companion to us throughout our life. So I want the artist to determine the art, not the fans. So guys, take a drink if you're doing the uh, set lessing Bruce uh, bingo card, because I'm going to mention Pendulette. I remember when he and Teller were doing BS, and People would come to him and say, what would be a really good topic for BS? And BS was a skeptical show where he and Teller with a bunch of writers explored different things and showed why they were BS. And they would name a topic. And Penn would say, you're right. That's a really good topic. I'd be interested in watching it. You should go make it. <laughs> or why don't you write a book about this? I agree. That would be a great book. You should go write it, right? Just don't go to your art, to your, to the creative people, the artists and go, Hey, you know what I want? I want this. Okay. Then go make that. And you can nowadays, if that's the case. So just you saying that reminded me of that story. And as Sherry Bobbin said in the Simpsons, I'm not a bleeding jukebox. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and what happens to me all the time as a producer, this will make a good TV show. Well, maybe. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't mean to speak poorly of anybody who wants that. If that's what you want, that's what you want. But I think we should all be appreciative that Springsteen's fan, this is our guy, and he's presented something really beautiful and powerful and moving and that's the experience that you're hearing people have pretty much across the board even little steven said they're getting a response like they never have because bruce has crafted this show for that this machine is built to do this thing and if you monkey with it too much it's not going to do that thing and i think he wants to get it in front of many people as possible he's here for two shows and in Toronto in November, I'm going to both. I'll be interested to see what he does with the set lists when he does back-to-back -back nights. Honestly, I hope he really doesn't change it much because I'm going with my older brother who I've never seen Springsteen with the first one and my family of the second ones. And I want them to have that experience. Yeah. I thought of when he did the River Tour 
there were complaints about he wasn't changing things up, that it was the river all in a row and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then when he went to Europe and he didn't do the river in its entirety, there were people going, what? I didn't get a chance to hear the river entirely. Why? I would have gone to the U.S. if I'd known I had the chance. It is, and I agree with you that I think people feel the way they feel, and that's their right. My frustration is them not acknowledging to themselves that it's their feelings. I will go back to I, my buddy Tim says, I love the fact that you say you don't like Jungle Land. You admit you're wrong, yet you don't change your opinion. And I go, that's right. I know that I should love Jungle Land. It's just an OK song to me. I know I'm wrong. I can't change my feelings. I'm not trying to change anyone else. So I just wish some more people would go, I get it he's telling a song i just wish it was more jukebox springsteen but i'm wrong in that feelings and i'm going to enjoy what i'm getting well go put out we have plenty of concerts i must have eight springsteen concerts here that he's released yeah go put on hyde park you'll have a good time exactly this was great thank you so much i do want you to just spend a couple minutes promoting the book and then we'll get you out of here uh, okay yeah, since there's a little video, I'll put it up. It's called All Caps, Stories That Justify an Outrageous Hat Collection. It won the Canadian Book Club Award for Best Nonfiction Book of 2022. And there's no Springsteen in it. There'll be some in the next book. But I cribbed from Springsteen in that it looks like actually something else. I think about Jackson Cage, great rocking song, but underneath it, there's more going on. So what the book is actually about is um, the connections between us and what happens when they're broken, potentially damaged. It's, it's about what's most important to you in, in life. And what I've tried to do with it is, yeah, it is my stories, but they're designed to get you to think about your stories and your own life. And I've heard that from a lot of people. It's a tough trick, but I've heard enough that's what's happening that I think the book is working that way. Yeah, I totally agree. And one, it also gives you um, on a very superficial, the beginning of the book, Craig explains what all these different books, all these different hats mean and what a strap back or a, you know, hook or fitted, which I loved. I knew that kind of subconsciously, but I never did. And it some people collect magnets or snow globes, and I love the fact that you have all these baseball caps that have helped you to remember stories of your lives, and I truly, I devoured the book. It was sad when it was supposed to be sad. I felt your losses. I remember those moments. One of my best friends, we got called and it said, Rick's in the hospital. Oh my goodness. And we get there and they realized he'd had a brain aneurysm and it took three days before they took him off the machines. And we were all sitting there just, 
I can't believe I've gotten a world without Rick. And to this day, I will think about it going, I just wish I could talk to Rick. And you have stories about your friends that you've lost that way. And to say you, I felt your pain, but it also became my pain because I remember the ones I've lost. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I'm such a sports fan. I worked in sports television. I still work in sports television. Sports at one point were super important to me. And I think nearly a sports fan book. And I think people relate to those sports fan experiences and meeting athletes. As the book goes along, you start to realize sports are important and being a fan of Bruce Springsteen is important and liking comic books is important. All those things are important. Not the most important things. When you get those important things, when you have a child, when you fall in love, when you get married, and uh, then you realize the importance of them. But then, when you lose some of them, yes, and I the same person. I I will give you a. You will smile, and will be touched when you find out how. Detroit Red Wings became your second favorite hockey team. I will just leave it at that. That was one of the best stories in there. So yes, Yes. go check it out. So you, you, my, it's over here. Yeah. There's my newest hat. Yeah. Uh, You can't see it on the, the, if you're listening to the audio, but I bought the uh, Springsteen E Street Band black structured snapback hat with orange raised lettering. It's a, it's a beauty. It's been getting a lot of wears. Very nice. All right. If someone wants to reach you, how can they? And where do they find the book? You can find the book. That books are sold. Amazon is a great source to buy them. Friesen Press is where I make the most money. If you want an autographed one, contact me directly at Craig at ColbyVision.net, C-R-A-I-G at ColbyVision.net. And if you go to www.colbyvision.net. That's my website. And if you add slash all caps, you'll find the website for the book. There's all kinds of places to to order it from there. So it's colbyvision.net, all caps. You'll find everything about the book. Very nice. Craig. Contact me directly for an autographed copy. All right. Craig, thank you so much. This was great. Listeners, hope we gave you a little something to think about. Go get your nugs release, re-listen to the a show, think of these themes next when you're going to your next show or your first show. Think about that going in. For now, we thank you. Be kind, be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. There we go. Another episode. I'm about to go through a couple of things where you can reach me and give me feedback. Um, so if you want to skip this, I understand, but I do hope you check it out every once in a while. I'm available on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. The show is available at setlustingbruce. You can send me an email, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. You can send me a voicemail at 469-249-2442. I am currently doing a few other podcasts, perfectly good podcast, John Hyatt from A to Z where Sylvan Groth and I discuss every John Hyatt song in alphabetical order. 
my Babylon 5 podcast is Last Best Hope for Conversation, where Lou, Karen, and I discuss every episode of Babylon 5 in chronological order. I still am doing Next Stop Everywhere, the Doctor Who podcast with my brother in time, Charles Gags. And then finally, How Many Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that counts, where my buddies and I discuss pop culture. You can go to our Patreon page and support the podcast for as little as a dollar a month. You can go to our Facebook page, like, and please, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review for all of the podcasts that I'm doing. It's okay if you don't listen to them, but if you subscribe and rate, it really will make my day better. Thank you, and I will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission.